Hello everyone and welcome back to the Vulnerability Hangover. I'm your host Nikki and this is Enzo, our emotional support pup. This is going to be a very vulnerable episode. It's something I've never really talked about. I've mentioned it to a couple people that are close to me and talked about it in therapy, but this is also an episode that could be triggering for other sexual assault survivors, so I want to give a trigger trigger warning because I will be mentioning things that revolve around sexual assault. I also want to bring attention to this shirt, Hexier Abuser. This is going to be uh, one of the shirts that we are going to be launching for vulnerabil- the Vulnerability Hangovers merchandise. I haven't finalized anything quite yet, and I made this one myself. It's very crooked, and I was having some issues when making it, so it's going to be a little while before we get these launched, but this is a sneak peek of one of the shirts I will be making for merchandise. Also, the drink of the day is... Trader Joe's Organic Sparkling Lemon and Strawberry Apple Cider Vinegar Beverage. So this one is a little bit more apple cider vinegary compared to the strawberry one that I drink with Poppy, but it's still one of my favorites and it's super healthy. So let's pour this one in. All right, let's grab a card from our gratitude slash affirmation deck and see if it goes with this episode. Oop, this one is flying out. I attract endless abundance with my gratitude mindset. That is the card of the day, and that is so true. I always try to preach my gratitude for you guys for everything that I have in my life, and I feel like that is very fitting for this episode because it is my 10th solo episode and also one of my most vulnerable topics. I do feel like I also need to excuse a couple things before I start off getting into detail about this experience in particular. This happened when I was 19 years old and if you I've heard my previous episodes at age 19 I was kind of going through a phase at 18 years old I was kicked out of my parents house then I got into a sort of long-term relationship figuring myself out also around this time was when I started working in the sex industry as a bikini barista that's a little bit of a backstory I'm not saying that what happened to me is excused by any means but I feel like if I didn't add that detail in, I'd be leaving out a bunch of information. Um, so let's get into it. When I was 19 years old, I had just started working at the bikini coffee shop that I was working at. That was quite the experience for me. I was pretty active on Tinder, going out on dates. I was also in a very vulnerable part of my life. I was young, extremely naive, got into a lot of situations that probably weren't the best, but I was just trying to learn my way in this world and I thought I had it all figured out. So I was honestly at a really good spot in my life. The year prior was very difficult for me. I was learning how to live outside of my parents' care 
and really learned how to provide for myself. And then going into 19, I felt like I was coming into myself. I was having lots of fun with friends, making friends. And I remember that time in my life being very fun. That was my first year really being single. I kind of got in and out of back-to-back -back relationships, so this was my time to really explore myself. At that time, I was in therapy, so I felt like my headspace was a lot better than it was a year before. That is an extremely important point I want to make in this episode because what happened to me, I had to very much dive in deep with my therapist about. Here we go. One day, my best friend at the time and I decided that we wanted to go to this rodeo that was like a couple towns over from where we live. So we drove down there, it was about like an hour and a half away or so, and it was in a very, very small town. So we didn't know anyone out there, we just heard it through the grapevine and decided to go check it out. At the time, both her and I were very single. We didn't have dates to go to this rodeo. We didn't even really want to watch the rodeo, but it was also like a festival and we just went to go and check it out. When we were down there, there's a lot of stations. They had one station that was for chewing tobacco, which is funny. They had another station that was selling trucks. I am normally very attracted to blue-collar men who drive trucks and stuff like that. So I remember taking a picture uh, in the wheel area of a Cummins diesel truck and I thought it was really funny and I posted it to my Instagram. It might still actually be on my personal Instagram, I'm not quite sure, but that was the day that we were at that festival. There was also an exhibit for farm animals, so we were walking through there and petting the animals. It was really fun. We were not 21 at the time, so we were not able to drink or anything like that. We just went sober and had a really good time. Anyways, we were walking around and we stopped by this station that was for the Marines. Now this is important because this has a lot to do with this story. So we stopped by this station and normally they have this like bar that people can hang on or do pull-ups on whatever they want to do and that's a way for the Marines to recruit. They have a lot of recruiters over there that try and get you to sign up for the Marines. At the time, being 19, I was not in college. I didn't know where I was going with my life. I wanted to go into nursing to be a NICU nurse. I even dabbled in going into the military. I just didn't know a lot about it. That was something that was at the top of my mind because at 19, you're still trying to figure yourself out. You're very impressionable, like I said. And so I just decided maybe this is something that I would want to do. So the guys that were there were very good looking. I definitely was flirting with both of them, but I was also under the assumption that they were probably married because they're in the military. That's just a stereotype, but I didn't really, but I know that they were there to work. And so they were trying to get us to come over and do the flex arm hang or something like that. And my friend at the time, 
she was really big into fitness and she's okay I want to do pull-ups and see if I can beat it because if you beat it they give you a lanyard or a shirt or something like that this is a weird flex I have really good grip and so I was like I could definitely do the flex arm hang but I know for a fact I could probably only do one pull-up so they were like okay why don't you go and try it out so she did some pull-ups. I don't know if she set a record or anything, but she got like a marine lanyard and they were like, now you jump up and you try and do the flex arm hang. Now I'm five foot, maybe a little over five foot. So I couldn't really reach the bar even at the lowest spot. So I had to have one of the guys help me jump up for the flex arm hang, but I think I held myself there for a couple of minutes. So they were like, wow, that's like super impressive for women. I was very petite at the time, so it was very easy. But they were like, have you ever thought about joining the Marines? And I was like, not the Marines necessarily, but I have thought about joining the military. Before you go and do the flex arm hang, they make you sign up and get all your information because they're recruiters and they're trying to get you to get into the Marines. I gave them my information did not think anything of it and got the lanyard and left. My friend and I were thinking about how attractive that guy was, but we didn't know if they were married. Like I said, wasn't really paying attention to that kind of stuff, but I was under the assumption that they were married. Now this is a key point as well to this story. We went about our day at the festival. We ended up leaving before the fireworks, I believe and before the rodeo, I can't really remember. And I can't really remember if we met up with people, but I do remember we went back, I think the next day to maybe watch the rodeo or meet with a couple more people. It's been a couple years. We ended up seeing him and I basically made the flat assumption. One of the recruits was definitely married and then the other one, I think, was wearing a ring that other time. So I was like, we're definitely not going to go over there and try and flirt with them or anything like that. A couple weeks later, um, when I was working at the coffee shop, this guy pulls up and he has a plaque in front of his truck that I believe said Marines. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then I started talking to him, come to find out he was one of the guys that was the recruit at that station. He was very good looking to me and I was definitely flirting with him and he's yeah, would you ever want to go out to lunch to go and talk more about joining the Marines? I think in a weird way he was trying to ask me out on a date and I was like, yeah, for sure, where do you wanna meet? And he wanted me to meet him at this McMinimins that was way far away from me, but it was near the town where the rodeo was at. And what I assumed was he wanted me to meet him over there because that's where he is located for his recruiting office. So I was like, yeah, for sure. And he's okay, well, I've already added you on Snapchat. I follow your Instagram. This man literally stalked me to find me, which looking back is such a red flag but i thought it was like so flattering he was very attractive he is in a powerful position being in the marines he's well respected i could not tell if he was married or not but this man does end up being married so i do want to preface that anyways so i go to dinner with him he's not wearing a wedding ring whatsoever 
and he ends up telling me like hey I am married and I'm like okay this is interesting by the way this guy had literally how old was he I was 19 and he was 25 so he had years on me he definitely knew what he was doing he proceeds to tell me that he's going through this separation he doesn't even know if he wants to be with his wife none of this had anything to do with going into the marines and i was like this is really weird but since i was in the line of work that i did i was pretty used to men who were married asking me out on dates if i had known though that he was married i would not have gone out on a date with him to make me feel more comfortable, he was letting me know, hey, I'm married, but we're separated. Another red flag that I completely ignored. One thing that I have come to learn being in an industry, working in sex work, where a lot of your customers are married, when they talk about being separated or going through a separation, most likely their wife has no idea what they're doing. And also, most likely, they are in a monogamous relationship where they're not even close to being separated or divorced. And so, when he was telling me all this stuff, obviously I'm young and I'm naive. I'm like, oh yeah, he got married super young when he was in the military. And I know from my friends that are in the military, when you get married in the military, you get added bonuses or stuff like that. So I just assumed that's why he was married and he was getting ready to get a divorce, which is why I felt comfortable being around him. Stupid, I know. After that date, we didn't plan to go and do anything because I was uncomfortable with the fact that he was married, but because he was so charming and attracted i was like okay i'm gonna still be talking to him i didn't really think it was gonna go anywhere we continued to talk over snapchat quite a bit it wasn't anything sexual it wasn't really anything inappropriate it was more so just him trying to get to know me and occasionally he would ask me to go to his office to learn more about getting into the military. One night he was like, hey, my wife and I are going through this separation. I'm having a hard time. Do you think that you would want to go out and talk? And I was like, sure, no problem. Let's go out. So fucking stupid of me. And I was like, do you want to go and like stargaze? That was something that I really like to do at that time my friend and I the one that I went to the rodeo with her and I would always go out to this big field it doesn't exist anymore but we would go and lay in the bed of a truck and just look up at the stars it's a really relaxing setting for me I really enjoyed being underneath the stars and I was like hey do you want to go and do something like this and you're more than welcome to talk to me about this situation I'm happy to being a soundboard for you uh, I ended up finding out that he lives almost two hours away from me. That was a ways away. And that was a way for us to meet in the middle. He was like, yeah, sure, let's go stargazing. I have a truck and we can put some blankets down and hang out. So this is a really, so this is a really sticky situation. I know me doing that probably set him up for the assumption that it was okay to do what he did. But that still doesn't excuse what he was about to do to me. 
so him and I went out to this field area. We talked a little bit. He confided a lot of stuff. Don't know if any of that was real or not, but basically he explained to me about how he is filing for divorce with his wife. He's really lonely. He doesn't even know if he wants to live in this state anymore. And he wants to go back to where his other house is in the eastern part of the United States. He was also telling me about how being in the Marines was like really hard on his mental health, but he wasn't able to say anything about how he was feeling mentally because he would be deranked from the position he was in. I don't know how any of that stuff works and I didn't do any research before this podcast to see how that stuff works, but I just believed everything that he said and he was telling me about how hard his life was. His dad passed away when he was really young and he had a very strange relationship from his mom and his family. Another red flag that I ignored and he told me that he was only with his wife because they had a daughter together. Now that was the first time that I heard that he ever had a kid. Also following him on his social media pages, he never showed his wife and he never showed his kid. So I truly wholeheartedly believed when he said that he was not with his wife anymore. So he just was confiding all this stuff into me and I felt really good about myself because I was helping him feel better. And by the way, this was in, I believe, August so it was really hot out and there was like no real reason to be under blankets or anything like that so we just sat out there and looked up at the stars and I listened to him talk and then I started telling him a little bit about my life and how I went through difficulties as well and I'm in the industry that I'm in because I need to save more money because I wanted to go to college and I wanted to make stuff on myself and he was like making me feel really good about that. And then here is where the first situation happens. Trigger warning, this will contain sexual assault. So in the middle of the conversation, he decides to move Sorry, let me rewind. I was wearing a t-shirt, a bra, and some shorts. And my shorts were baggy. I wasn't wearing tight-fitting clothes. And so, as we were sitting there talking, he decides to move my shorts to the side and literally force himself inside of me. I never have had that happen to me with a guy's, you know, what... But I have obviously had stuff happen to me when I was younger, but it was never to that extent. And so I didn't really know what to do. So I just went along with it. But at the same time, it was extremely painful because I was not lubricated. I froze and did not know what to do in that situation. But I did tell him like, this is really painful. I don't think we should do this. And I don't know what led him to believe that I wanted to sleep with him. Him and I had no sexual conversations. It was just him getting to know me. It was on a friendly basis. But I think that he knew that I found him attractive and he found me mutually attractive. And maybe he just read the situation wrong. 
I don't know. I also don't want to excuse his behavior because I never consented. I just froze and I was like, I really don't think we should do this. He tried to keep going and I was like, I don't feel comfortable doing this. Like, can we stop? And he eventually stopped and was like, okay, this is wrong. We shouldn't be doing this. After that, I just sat there and was like, okay, how can I get myself out of this situation? And I knew that I had work the next day, but... I didn't feel like that was a valid excuse because I was working the night shift, I wasn't working the morning shift, so I ended up lying to him and saying, oh shit, I think I work really early in the morning so I need to get home. I was able to get out of that situation in a way that, I'm sorry, I'm trying to gather my thoughts, I'm like starting to disassociate. So. I basically was able to get out of that situation by lying and saying, I think I have work in the morning, I gotta go. And it was really awkward because I think he knew that I was not into that situation whatsoever and he offered to go and get food with me. He was just trying to scramble to find ways to like keep me there a little bit longer. But that's when my fight or flight kicked in and I got really flighty and was like, okay, <laughs> we got to get out of this situation. So I eventually was able to leave and as I was driving home, he sent me a message and he was like, hey, I completely understand if you don't want to talk to me anymore. I'm just going to go and give you some space. I'm such a fuck up. I always do this. See, this is why my life's going to hell. So I think that he knew what he did was wrong but he also was trying to blame it on other things as well. He read the situation wrong. He thought that I was into him and I was like, oh no, it's okay. I just need to get home because I work in the morning and I need to get ready. I'm working a double. After that, I think either he left me on red or I left him on red and I just went home. That was a really uncomfortable situation, but I didn't take into consideration that what he did was sexual assault. Reason being is I have always been a people pleaser, especially when it comes to men. So. I never had firm boundaries with men whatsoever and this is not me excusing anything but that being said I have been in situations where I felt pressured to have sex with someone but it was consensual and that situation in specific was obviously not consensual because we never talked about it prior but I also felt like I didn't say yes or no because it had happened and I did go to hang out with him in an intimate setting. The next day, he didn't say anything to me and I didn't say anything to him, so I just assumed that was going to be like the last time that we talked. He ended up coming to my work. This guy was really going out of his way to visit me at work by the way. Where I was working at that coffee shop was over an hour away. I was like, this is really sweet of you. And he was like, yeah, I just wanted to come and apologize. I'm sorry for dumping all my emotions out on to you. I really would like to make it up to you. Would you want to do that again? And I was 
kind of taken aback because I was like, I don't want to have sex with you. I don't even know if you're married or not. And I just was like in a weird situation. I found him very attractive and like he had a lot to offer. So I was like, oh yeah, maybe we can talk a different time. And then he was like, okay, when are you free next? And I was like, I'm free this day. And so he's okay, do you mind if I like text you still? And I was like, yeah, sure. And I don't know, I just acted like nothing happened. And I didn't even acknowledge what he did. Even then, didn't come to terms with what he did to me. Eventually, he started talking to me more and it was starting to become a little bit more sexual. And... I don't know if maybe it was just because of the line of work that I was in or what, but he was starting to become more and more sexual and using it as a manipulation tactic. So I'm going to explain why it started to become more and more manipulative. With him starting to become more explicit with the stuff that he was saying to me, He also would fall back on it if I wouldn't respond and say, if any of this comes out, I could get kicked out of the military because this is adultery or whatever. Even though we're separated, I could still get in trouble and get kicked out of the military. You can't say anything about what's going on between us. And another red flag, my instinct in desire to be accepted by men was so strong that it overpowered the fact that he could possibly still be married. He could potentially have done this to other women. There could be other women. There was just a lot of factors that went into that situation. At that time, I was on birth control. I believe that I was on the hormonal IUD, which started breaking me out super bad. I was on it for a little while, but then I eventually made the decision to get the copper IUD. And also on the hormonal IUD, I'm having a lot of bleeding. So that also was the reason why I was very uncomfortable with having sex at the time because I was consistently bleeding of going through this college. And I went to him for absolutely everything in my life. I went to him with guy advice. I went to him with stories about the guys that I was going out on dates with. And it really felt like we were building this friendship. I eventually got accepted into this program. But before I signed any paperwork, I went over how much it was going to be for schooling. And that's when I realized how expensive the school was going to be and how I just didn't have the money to afford that. I didn't have any financial help. There was just no way that I could get into this college. I showed him how much the college process would be and he of course tried to urge me to get into the military because eventually the military will pay for your schooling. I was back at square one again not really knowing what I wanted to do with my life. Eventually I figured out that I wanted to get into real estate, but that's another story for another day and has nothing to do with this situation. So along with him and I developing this close friendship, that allowed me to be more open to us being more sexual. Him and I would never talk 
about his relationship that he had with his wife, I was under the assumption that they were separated. She was never brought up in conversation. He would never wear his wedding ring around me. I felt like he was a single guy. Also at that time, I wasn't looking for any type of relationship. I just wanted to go and have fun and explore my options. Eventually him and I got to the point where it did become sexual, like mutual consent wise. Um, there were situations where I felt like I was a lot less experienced than he was. One night, I stayed the night with him and he started bringing more stuff into the bedroom that I had no experience with prior. He would bring in heels and vibrators and he would want to use them on me and obviously like I said it was consensual but it was something that he would work into the situations that were sexual with me. He would buy me alcohol we would drink together I was 19 at the time by the way he was way older he was like 25 and so he would try and get me to open up a lot more about myself so I felt very compelled to please him sexually it started getting more and more sexual and it started to get more and more like kinky and I'm not gonna kink shame all this stuff was very interesting for me he did have a foot fetish so he would want me to wear heels when we were having sex and stuff and he really wanted to do a lot of stuff that I was not necessarily comfortable with because I had never experienced that kind of stuff and he always put the pressure on me to I wouldn't say he like forced me into doing these things but he would be manipulative in the ways that he would try and get me to do things he would buy me gifts so I really did feel like he was grooming me to be this like stress type thing and he would make jokes about oh you're my mistress blah 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 and I was just like okay but yet you're telling me you're separated with your wife and you're not. The whole situation was super confusing and like I mentioned him and I never really talked about his wife or their type of situation. Eventually he got more and more comfortable with staying the night with me. And that was another reason why I felt like he really is going through a separation because there where he would stay the night a couple days with me and then go to his office or go to work or whatever. I didn't really think anything of it because he wasn't coming home to anyone. There were days where I could go and stay the night with him at his place. The whole situation got really convoluted because there was no label on it and I could tell that he was starting to get more attached to me and have more feelings for me. Obviously I was starting to develop feelings for him but I didn't know how I felt being in a relationship with him knowing that he was like going through a quote-unquote divorce. So I eventually started seeing another guy and me and this other guy were like talking every day. I started neglecting this marine guy and not really responding to him, which really started to bother him. And in the past, I would talk to him about the guys that I was dating and he never bat an eye, but I think 
when I started to pull away more and show more interest in this other guy, he started to act a lot more controlling. He sometimes would randomly show up at work more and be like, oh, are you going to be hanging out with this guy? And this guy I literally met through Instagram and him and I would FaceTime every night. He lived in a different state. I wouldn't go up there very often or he wouldn't come down here very often, but like him and I chatted for several weeks before he came and visited me. I just wasn't going over to to his office anymore and to visit him and spend as much time with him anymore and whenever I would talk to him I would talk to him about this other guy so he started getting more and more jealous and he was like oh I could pull his information and find out where he lives because I'm in the military and we have a whole database for all this kind of stuff he would talk to me about like he runs fake accounts and how he follows all these people on fake accounts and it started to get more and more scary his behavior was just getting more and more aggressive the stuff that he would talk about were making me very scared he would talk about other women and say that he follows them on these hidden accounts and talking more and more about his the stuff that he was into sexually and they were getting more and more like graphic and aggressive I started to get this feeling that like maybe he had a porn addiction and that's why he was like getting more and more aggressive and wanting to interpret a lot of stuff into the bedroom and he was not able to have an orgasm for a long time. The whole situation started to get really weird and then I started to see this new guy. I was going to go up and visit him up in the state that he was at and stay the weekend with him so I had let that other guy know hey like we're getting pretty serious and I'm gonna go up to visit him and I thought he would be happy for me and that's when things completely shifted in his behavior trigger warning he used to talk more and more about his mental health in a very graphic disturbing way he would talk about how he wanted to kill himself and what he would do and he would be talking about how he couldn't talk to anyone about this not even a therapist because if his therapist found out he would be kicked out of the military or he would be sent away because the military takes that very seriously i didn't know what to do i had been in a situation prior to where my mental health was not doing well so i urged him to go to therapy he had an excuse for every reason why he couldn't go into therapy and it started to get more and more scary there'd be times where he would stop talking to me for a long time which was not his normal behavior and he would hint up he was going to go and kill himself and that he was going to take a gun to his head and blow his brains out in the back of his truck and people were going to have to find him it just started getting more and more disturbing and then one day it was like a week before I was supposed to go and see this guy and he had not talked to me for what felt like an entire day so I started to get pretty scared so I decided to go and drive up to his office and check on him now this is not something that I normally did because I didn't always want to be seen at his office just in case there was other people around and there was like 
people who were wanting to get into the military, I didn't want to be a distraction. So I didn't want to bring attention to myself like being at the office. But in that situation, because he was acting so suicidal, I decided to go in and check on him. And I had sent him text messages like, hey, I'm on my way. Can you please answer so that I know that you're okay? And he just continued to not respond to me. So when I showed up, he had some of his weaponry out on the table and he was like threatening to go and hang himself or shoot himself in the closet. And so he started having a full on like panic attack. I didn't know what to do so I was just there trying to comfort him and I was like I don't know what to do do you need me to cancel my plans this weekend do you need me to stay with you I don't know what to do and he was like yeah I want you to stay with me so I basically sat with him in his office and he had this area where he made his closet or storage area a bed for him to sleep because sometimes he would work really late and he would stay at his office so i laid with him in there and eventually he would try and get me to sleep with him so i would always give in and be like okay like are we done and so i ended up telling the other guy i'm sorry i can't come up to go and visit you i I have other obligations here and obviously that really upset the other guy and he's let me make it let me drive to you and so I had to make up an excuse now for why I couldn't stay with this other guy and I was like okay this is really overwhelming for me I think I'm just gonna have a weekend with my girlfriend the girlfriend that he knew and by the way she knew everything that was going on too so she wasn't necessarily in full support of this situation, but she supported me regardless. I really just wanted to, I wanted to be something to him. I don't know why I felt this desire to be liked by him, but I really did. And so I told him that I really can't be around this type of situation. I need to just go away for the weekend. So I lied to him and I told him that I was staying in, staying at the beach with her and a couple other friends. So anyways, the other guy decided to come down and him and I had a really good weekend. Him and I connected on another level and I was like, okay, I really like this guy. And he really seemed to like me. He made me feel like a princess. We did a bunch of things together that really made us connect and made me feel like maybe I can take the next step to being in a relationship. The whole entire weekend, this other guy blowing up my phone, wanting to know what I was doing. A lot of the time I was just leaving him on red and turning my phone on silent. I didn't want to bring any attention to the other guy because I didn't want him to feel some sort of way. Eventually, he kept blowing up my phone to the point where the other guy noticed and that's when I had to explain the situation and of course I had to lie about the entire situation and I was just like oh it's just this guy that I see from time to time it's nothing like I'm trying to distance myself from him which was true I did want to distance myself from him I no longer was feeling safe in that situation I didn't have the emotional intelligence that I have now to realize that entire situation was wrong 
and I needed to take accountability on my part for not doing the due diligence about this guy but I also felt like I was in this like power dynamic relationship with him he was even calling me his girlfriend sometimes so I told all that stuff to the other guy and he was pretty uncomfortable with it but he understood because I was single and so was he and he was talking to other women after that weekend ended he went back up to his home state and we talked a lot more and he wanted me to come up that following weekend to go to Washington. That's when I knew that I had to break it off with this guy. So this is a very, very tricky situation. I'm going to try and be as clear and honest and try and remember every single part of the situation. That following Monday, I had him come over to talk with me and that's when I was going to break it off with him. I think that intuitively he knew that I was breaking it off because he started talking again about his mental health and how he wanted to kill himself. I was like, okay, we need to talk about this stuff because it's getting re really overwhelming for me. I was trying to find every excuse in the world to break it off with this guy, but it was extremely difficult. So he came over, he cried to me about his life again, and I was like, okay, you can stay the night after this we can't do this anymore and I even brought up the fact that I thought he was lying about his marriage the entire time and he was like no like we're getting a divorce like I'm finalizing it by and I think I'm trying to think of the timeline of I think it was in October and by the way this relationship had gone on for a little over a year or almost a year or so like this whole relationship with this marine I sat him down and I was like okay this needs to be the last time it's just not good for me and then he started doing the whole oh I'm just like fucking up your life you're just leaving me like everyone else does like you don't believe me all this fucking bullshit eventually I was able to get him to agree we really do need to stop doing this then he confesses to me that him and his wife were trying to have a kid and that's when I was like, okay, so this entire time you've been lying, you really do have a wife that you're trying to work this relationship out with her. And he confessed to everything and he's, yeah, I'm like such a piece of shit. That's why I've been wanting to kill myself. You guys don't deserve that, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, this needs to be the last time that we see each other at all. He had to go and take a trip to another place and my house was closer so he ended up staying the night with me and that morning it was really early in the morning um, he wakes me up and he's hey like I need to leave and do you want to kiss goodbye blah 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 so he gets in his dress blues and he gets ready to walk out the front door and here is where the situation gets bad I was extremely tired. I was hoping that he would just get up and leave and it would be nothing and we would end it and everything would be fine. But in that situation, he aggressively pushed me down and forced me to have sex with him again. And this is when I realized that I had been assaulted. I didn't know what to do in that situation. I just let him do his thing. I 
sorry, I'm trying to like collect myself. I just took it. And after that, he got up and left like nothing had happened and went about his day. I went to the bathroom and I was bleeding. I was in a lot of pain. Obviously, I was not prepared for any of that. I was not lubricated and felt like it had torn my vagina. I just like sat in the bathroom over the toilet and was like, okay, so that happened. And then I went back to bed for the next couple of hours to get up and work at my bikini barista shop. I felt really weird throughout the day. Him and I weren't talking, which was nice. Then at the end of my shift, I noticed that he had sent me this message over Snapchat. So when I opened the message, it basically was going into detail about how he's so sorry for what he did and that he wasn't going to tell his wife about me or anything like that, which was like a weird thing that he just put in there, and that he acknowledges what he did. He acknowledges that he raped me. And then he goes into detail further admitting guilt and saying that there was blood or bodily fluids that were left on his dress blue so he had to hide it and then he just talked about like how he's just gonna go off and kill himself and that's when I just went cold and I was like I'm not gonna fucking talk to this guy anymore and I just started to I feel like I turned into a completely different person and I shut down I turned off all my emotions and I was like okay good fuck you, never talk to me again. Blocked him on my Snapchat, I blocked him on my Instagram pages, but at the time I didn't block him on his cell phone number, so I think he still had my cell phone number. After that, I just compartmentalized everything and went up to go and visit that guy. Um, I think that guy could tell that I was not feeling 100% myself, and that weekend he also decided to cut things off with me so I was at a very low point in my life. Obviously I was feeling like very shitty about the entire situation going back and forth throughout the week with this new guy and trying to fix things with him, figuring out where it goes where it was going wrong, but I think somehow he found out that I was in a messy situation with this other guy even though I had told him I cut him off completely because I want to get serious with you and it unfortunately didn't work out with him which like was a blessing in disguise that guy was not a very nice guy either but whatever a couple weeks later I started to get sick and I thought I had a UTI so I went to my doctor and got a test done for UTI and it came back negative which was really weird and so I just didn't pay it any mind and then me and this other guy the one that lived out of state he decided that he wanted to go and try and work on things one last time with me and he wanted me to go up and visit him again so I went up to visit him again for literally the last time that I talked to him and towards the end of the trip he basically was just like you know what this isn't working out you live too far away we need to stop talking 
so he just used me to have sex with him and um I had to go drive home and the entire drive home I just thought about how shitty and low I was like I had I said I didn't have the emotional intelligence that I have at the time but I had given so much energy to these two guys who didn't give a fuck about me this abuser that lied to me the entire time that him and I were quote-unquote together he was just this monster who manipulated me and who completely changed me in a way that I'm still recovering from it's still very hard for me to have sex with people and to trust people on this ride home I get a text message from a number that I don't have saved on my phone which I thought was super weird the text message said hey can you call me and I immediately got like super bad feeling in my stomach and um, I realized that it was my abuser my rapist whatever you want to call him in this case I'm going to call him my abuser and so I called him and he informed me that his wife found out she was pregnant so they did an STD check and she found out that she had chlamydia I don't know who gave it to who I have a feeling it was the other guy from a different state because he was sleeping around with a lot of other women but at the same time I don't know exactly I know it wasn't me because I habitually get tested and to this day I still get tested after every single partner so my abuser let me know she got diagnosed with chlamydia it like just blew up in front of my face so I was like, okay, this is really fucking shitty. I just potentially ruined someone's marriage because more stuff came out in that conversation that we had that he, in fact, was lying to me about being married and he was lying to me about the fact that they were not getting separated whatsoever. So this whole time, I really was a mistress which made me feel even more shittier because that is just something that morally I was against and I was just stuck in this really shitty low point in my life when I was on the phone with him I was like we really absolutely cannot see each other please do not contact me again I'm going to block your number you're going to continue to stay blocked on all my social media accounts and I never want to hear from you again to this day, this fucker still follows me on my Spotify and I don't know how to block him and it just bothers the fuck out of me, but whatever. I hang up the phone with him and I call the other guy. Obviously, the other guy is accusing me of it and throwing it in my face. I'm not going to go and get tested for it because, like, I don't have it, blah, 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 whatever. Legally, you have to report it to the state. So I had to go to my doctor, get the pill. I had to report the people that I had sex with. I don't know if it's like the CDC has to contact them or something like that, but 
they basically have to go and get the pill themselves. I just let him know, hey, I gave them your information. You need to go to your doctor and get the pill. He told me that he went to go and get the pill, whatever, still trying to accuse me of it. That blew up in my face as well. And I never talked to that guy again. Then um, when I went to my doctor, they were like, yeah, you definitely have it. And you have it in your throat too. So we're going to get all this situated, situated. And they were like, you probably won't be able to have kids or there could be a high chance that you will have a harder time conceiving because this STD in specific can cause women to have fertility issues and I think men to, and we didn't know how long that I had it for. That was really fucking shitty to hear because obviously like I've mentioned in previous episodes I wanted to be a mom. I'm happy to say that didn't cause any issues with me because I eventually got pregnant in the future but that's besides the point. I took the pill and basically just continued to go down this downward spiral of coming to terms with the fact that uh, I had just been raped. I had to console my abuser for what he did. I had to ruin a potential relationship it was a blessing in disguise, but still, I had to ruin another potential relationship with another person and ruin trust with another person. I had to also sit with the fact that I was, in fact, a mistress, and I started to blame myself for the entire situation. I blamed myself because I thought that the only reason why he did this to me was because I was in the line of work that I did. I started to blame myself because I allowed him to continue to sleep with me and I allowed him to continue to groom me, essentially. And so I really sat there and blamed myself and I was like, no wonder no guy wants to commit to me. And I just spiraled for months on end, really kept it all to myself and then uh, eventually I worked my way to just compartmentalizing it. I didn't tell anyone about the situation. I didn't even tell my therapist about the situation. I started isolating myself a lot more. I went full-fledged into my eating disorder and I really just let myself wither away. I was not in a good headspace and I just didn't know what to do. And then one day I had met this other guy that I wasn't necessarily into, but he was a guy that I felt that I could be friends with and he invited me to go to a rave with him. So I went to a rave with him and obviously when you go to raves, some people do drugs and whatnot. So I decided that I was going to do MDMA and I really do feel like that drug helped me a lot in this situation because it opened my mind to come to the realization of everything that had happened to me and it gave me hope that I can keep going on regardless of what happened to me and I felt so loved in that setting because I was around a bunch of other people who are obviously like under the influence and DMA is a very loving drug so 
I really opened my mind up to things and that's when I confided in him what had happened to me and that's when I really said out loud I was raped. That was the most empowering moments I've had in my life coming to the realization of every single thing that had happened to me up until that point and that's when I realized a lot of things about my life and I felt like it kick-started my journey to healing in a way and my spiritual journey that I've talked about previously so after going to this rave and being on this drug, it opened my mind to a lot of things and I started deep diving into more of my spiritual side. So I started doing research about manifestation and meditation and all that kind of stuff. And I've heard about that stuff before going through this experience, but I never deep dived into it. So I became obsessed with manifestation and Throughout the next couple of months, I ended up seeing a couple other guys, but nothing ever stuck. And that also took a huge toll on my self-esteem. So I remember one night I had been laying in bed and I cried like I had always done throughout this traumatic experience. And I prayed or sat there and manifested and asked the universe or God or whoever to please bring me the guy that is going to respect me and love me and is going to be the next big thing and he's going to be the person that I really want. And I really put that into the universe and I didn't get very specific with who I wanted it to be, but eventually the next person came into my life. And while that was not the most healthy relationship for me, it also helped me heal so much. And I remember when I met this person, it was like this intense spiritual connection that I have never felt before. And him and I connected on our second date, I confessed to him the situation that happened to me and he confessed to me something that was really weighing on him as well. We formed this really deep relationship that unfortunately became a trauma bond. And I don't know, that experience for me was so difficult. That period of my life, that four years of my life, was so difficult for me from going from one traumatic thing to the other, living in survival to now I am at the point where I'm 25 and I'm just now learning how to calm my nervous system and how to live in peace and accept peace into my life. I've really felt as if all those terrible experiences that have led up to this point were meant to be something that I had to experience because if I hadn't gone through all these traumatic things I would not be who I am today I would not be such a 
empathetic person. I would not be such an open-minded person. I call myself the queen of duality because I always think there are multiple sides to each story or situation or different perspectives that you can look at things. All in all, this situation that happened with this guy and going through, in my opinion, my own form of karma into like my next relationship or whatever, I really do think that this was the best thing to have ever happened to me. And I'm grateful to say I was able to make it through this episode without crying or being triggered at any point too much. At least I was a little bit triggered talking about it, but now I'm able to feel a lot more calm about opening up and being vulnerable with you guys about this situation. And I want to thank you all for allowing me to have this platform and for holding space for me and allowing me to be vulnerable about these 10 episodes that I've done solo. And this is not the end of me having solo episodes. I'm going to start having guests on the podcast. I've already recorded with one guest and I have a couple more that I'm going to be recording with here pretty soon. So please stay tuned for that. I'm also getting ready to release merch. There's a lot of stuff coming to this podcast, so I'm really grateful for that. I wanted to end this episode by thanking you and letting other people know that may have been in this situation, that it does get better. That is the universe and you as a creator growing into the person that you are supposed to become. I really do think that this experience changed me for the better. Now I can know not to take any shit and really know when to recognize the red flags when situations happen. Even though my next relationship after this situation wasn't the most beautiful one, it was one of my most progressive, I wouldn't be the right word, but the most empowering relationship that I have had to this day that really set me up to be a better person. And that partner that I had really held space for my healing and was a big part of my healing journey. And I really appreciate him for being a safe space for me. Granted, he wasn't always a safe space for me, but he restored my faith in men in some aspects. He was the only person that I've ever felt super comfortable with in a sexual setting. I really appreciate him for being that for me because that has helped me a lot with my relationships to this day. Thank you guys so much for listening to The Vulnerability Hangover. This is the end of our first season, but I do have a bonus episode coming out here next Friday regarding my breakup, my one-year check-in, and how everything is going that situation in particular. There's a lot of stuff coming that I haven't mentioned quite yet, but I'm really excited and I want to thank you guys again so much for listening to this podcast. Please make sure to send this to someone who may want to hear it or maybe going through a similar situation. I know that it does get better. It really does. And those shitty situations you may look back at them one day and realize, holy shit, this was the best thing to ever happen to me. Anyways, thank you guys so much for listening. Please make sure to like, rate, review, subscribe, share, listen, and stream on 
any podcast platform that you listen to this on. And I will catch you guys in my next bonus episode. And then after that, we're jumping in with some guests. Catch you guys in the next episode. Thank you so much. Okay, love you. Bye.